Welcome back to I Was Hornswoggled, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. I am your host, Horena, reporting live from my van in the parking lot because school has resumed, so you get a van diary entry. <laughs> Definitely less organized and uh, less, um, yeah, just organized, really, because I don't have a computer screen and show notes in front of me. So I hope you are doing well. And every time I go to record, it feels like I just recorded an episode. And then my jaw drops when I realize it has been weeks since I recorded my last episode. And then I go into like a cycle of like, guilt and shame and then I'm like oh you need to really work on your self-sabotaging ways and um, I'm learning a lot of that as a lot of because uh, being raised by narcissistic parents we tend to self-sabotage a lot Uh, children of abusive parents or growing up in an abusive house actually self-sabotage quite a lot and I realize that um, I mean I don't realize when I'm doing it I don't realize that I I, uh, very rarely make time for myself as a mom and a wife, too. (laughs) I always put everybody's every need ahead of mine. And then by the time it's time for me to do something, I'm either too tired and too grouchy or drained or just I don't have enough cognitive function left in my brain to want to push forward. So um, I'm not blame blame gaming. I'm just being realistic. This is this is how how it is in my life and uh, probably many people's. So uh, while we're on that topic of toxic parents, um, as a parent, I don't if if some of you are parents at this point in your life, whether you decided to have children or not, that's totally up to you. And I did not plan on having children. I was always well. And let me let me digress. I was told that I was going to be the daughter who did not have kids. That is one thing that narcissistic parents love to do. They don't give you the opportunity of of living your own life. What they do is they try to pre-program you as if you are um, a simulation, not even a real human being. Their identity is living like outside of them, and often they are living through you as as a parent, a narcissistic parent. So their identity is painted all over you, and they want you to live out the life that they want you to live out. And that I was always told I was the daughter that wasn't going to get married or have kids. I was going to be independent. I was going to, you know, value my career first. Um, When I could choose to go to college, I was talked into going to um, cosmetology school. I was never, (laughs) college was never, ever in my in my vocabulary, like, because my parents never pushed it, never educated us. Uh, It was so bizarre how I look back and go, man, because now that I'm a parent, I'm like, what? I would never dream of telling my kids what their life is going to be like before they even choose how they want to live at. And I would never try to um, hold back pieces of everyday human life from them and not even let them know that it is an opportunity that they very well could partake in. (laughs) You know, and so there's so many things as a parent, I can look back and go, wow, my parents chose to do what they did over choosing 
like a simple basic stuff, like sitting at a, at a dinner table and being generation X myself, um, they, to know, I don't know what it would feel like to be a parent and holding my child hostage at a dinner table for hours. Like my mom used to do, we would bawl and cry and she'd want us to eat every last piece. Food was used as like a weapon towards us all the time, all the time. And I could not, as a loving mom, loving my children and wanting the best for them, I learn, I teach my kids mercy and how to compromise with um, our meals. If I know that my daughter absolutely hates spaghetti sauce, just woke up one day and it was the bane of her existence, I don't find it a problem to just make her something with white sauce instead. So I, you know, it's not a big problem for me. It's like you crack open a jar and you pour it over your noodles. It's not like I had to like go and to the store and buy all these ingredients like I'm making homemade white sauce because let's be honest, I'm not, okay? So I'm grabbing the classic jar and ripping it open and pouring it on because half the time they won't even eat half of what you give them anyway. So, you know, and I'm just thinking like as a parent, I cannot wrap my head around getting any sort of like, why, why would you pin a child every dinner time and, and making foods that you knew that they hated and then also forcing them there at a dinner table through emotions, um, strong emotions like meatloaf. I can't even dream of eating meatloaf. It was weaponized against me all the time. I'm sure it tastes perfectly fine, but I was held hostage at a dinner table and told that if I didn't eat my meatloaf, I couldn't leave. And I used to get really creative. I would somehow like I would um, put it in my mouth and chew it, like try to like act like I'm chewing it. And then what like my mom would start talking to my dad or my grandpa who was living with us. And then I would just sneeze and sneeze it out to my napkin. And then after I did it so many times, my napkin would be full. I would go to the bathroom and dump my napkin out into the toilet <laughs> and then rinse and repeat until like most of it was gone. Thankfully, my mom being a narcissist also wasn't very bright. I had to really learn how to survive by being sneaky. A lot of uh, my childhood was what if I wanted something, I would have to sneak it because I know that I would have been held for me had I voiced that I wanted it, you know? So as a parent, I now looking back, I'm thinking what kind of a, a crappy person did my parents choose? At least my mom, I can't really say my dad, my dad never did that. He never held us hostage with our food. So part of me, I'm the verdict is still out of my dad. I don't know to what extent he was complicit or he was trained. I haven't, I haven't put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, I'm still unwrapping other chapters of my life. <laughs> so, as having narcissistic parents, uh, they would also they'd they'd weaponize food by at least my mom. I would say was the 80% person. If we went on a family trip, um, we're from Michigan. We would go to the UP, the Upper Peninsula. And we would do a lot of like the touristy stuff. And a lot of the touristy stuff in the UP of Michigan uh, involves like smoked fish and fudge and um, like little wooden carved 
totem poles, a lot of little uh, like Indian Native American uh, figurines, and it's just like typical trading post type of little tourist traps they have all over there. And one of the things my parents loved doing was going to Mackinac Island when we were younger. And I think the last time we went, I was like maybe 15. And but but even then, they knew that I hated fish because they claim I hated fish when I was little and I was playing with them in the sink and then they put me away for a nap and I woke up and then they were all murdered and gutted all over the table. So from then on, I literally, like a mental switch went off in my head and I just can't, I can't fathom eating fish. Whether they did that on purpose or not, who really knows? Because they've done a lot of weird stuff on purpose with food. So what what my mom would do is take shreds of the smoked fish and literally throw it at us. So like she knew that it would fish gross me out. She raised me in this way. And then she would literally pick fish apart and throw it at me. And then when I would jump out of the way or get grossed out because I'm a young kid, she did this throughout my childhood, um, she would laugh maniacally and then think it was hilarious. They would take, or she, I keep saying they, it was she, would take the heads of the smoked fish and chase us around the house when we were little, when we were like five and six, and we would be in tears and jumping under our bed. She would just chase us around with headless, with the heads of fish because it was, I mean, this woman, I'm telling you. Now, being a mom, I'm like, I would never take a dead animal head and chase my kids around. Like, who does this? But when you're little and this this stuff is just happening, you just learn to live with it, I guess, as if it's a normal occurrence. I don't know. So then, that doesn't stop there. I remember my mom making those tater tots, and my dad would always tell us we're eating fried eyeballs. Like, everything we eat, their whole goal was to gross us out or to use it as a weapon. We had chickens and ducks growing up, and they um, had fried chicken one night, and then they cooked it all up and everything, and then told us what ones we were eating, you know, and then they laughed. They got a big kick out of that, and I'm like, wow, you know, like, who hurt you? You know, like, I don't, once again, I have chickens, and I couldn't imagine knowing which ones my kids liked and then murdering them and then telling them that they're eating them like that kind of stuff right there is really messed up and as a christian and a parent i'm just like wow there's a lot of a lot of anger going on inside of that that person that person has to be really like gooey and inside of them you know i choose to just take that part of my life and go, this is how I don't want to be, right? I'm not going to victimize myself and go, well, well, I had a bad childhood because somebody always has had a worse childhood. I'm pretty sure there are some, some of you out there going, wow, all your parents did was chase you around with dead animal heads. My parents did this. Yeah, this isn't a peeing contest of who had the worst childhood. This is how each of our childhoods with these mentally abusive and sometimes even physically abusive parents, um, how it can affect you growing up. My dad used to go and buy uh, day-old donuts every night. He worked second shift and he would stop at the store and get donuts because they were half off, you know, can't pass up a good deal. And then they would give us donuts all for every, every morning. We would eat out of this box of donuts, right? 
And then, and then my dad would tell my mom, you need to start making the girls exercise. They're getting awfully chunky. So then my mom used to make us have to do the, the sweating to the oldies with Richard Simmons at like 11 and 12. We would have to just do all these exercises, yet they just kept feeding us donuts in the morning. Like food in these people, were, they were some of the most backwards humans I've, I've met. <laughs> it just, it's like wipe it before you poop, right? They just, they do not make sense. And, and I feel like that is all part of their design. So yeah, yeah, lots of fun there with the narcissistic appearance of food. I'm trying to think of some other things, but as a narcissistic, um, you know, parent and using food as a weapon, I'm really curious to see if that's something that, that you have had to deal with. I choose not to do that. I because I've taken all the things that my parents did to me and I've reevaluated them. Cuz I'm not going to say that everything they did didn't make sense, but I'm going to say 90% of what they did didn't make sense. Um I feel like because they lived through us and they also sabotaged us. There were so many things that they did. Like my dad never taught me how to change oil. He would tell me to just keep putting 5W30 in my Chevy Cavalier Z24. And then when the engine seized up, he just verbally assaulted me over and over again. Called me dumb. He couldn't believe I did this. Da, da, da. He, they would constantly set us up for failure. They would withhold knowledge from us. And then when the bad thing would happen, they would hammer us for not having the knowledge that they, as our parents, decided to withhold from us. And I'm like, wow, what a real mentally, like they had, that's all premeditated. Everything they did was premeditated. They chose to take this route and then they chose to be that person. So when, when we lived out in the rural, out in a rural area, so we couldn't, get a job then get a car we got a car to get a job and thankfully my dad was nice and got us each of us our first car he he would find a used car that was in good condition and get it for us and we felt really blessed for that but then (laughs) my mom being a narcissistic mom was absolutely jealous and so ticked off that my dad got me a car and he was like well, what do you expect her to do? I had, you, you can't get a job out here in the country. It's a good 40 minutes from town. You want her to have a job, but you don't want her to have a car. How does that work? And at the end of the day, she was just jealous because it was a red car. And she said she always wanted a red car. So therefore, as I started to get older and more independent, that's when I can look back now and start to see where my mom started competing with me too. So narcissistic parents will also compete with you. They want you to live the life they want you to live, but they also want to compete with you. So there's like this little balance of, They will sabotage you, but they also want you to succeed so they can brag about you. And I feel like that's why we get trapped in this ping pong situation with parents like that, because they want to lift you up, but only if it's doing what they want you to do and something they feel good about bragging about. If you're excelling in another area of your life that they particularly don't like, they then will try to to sabotage you. No doubt about it. So... Now that I'm just winging it, I have no links, I have no definitions, I have no talks. Um, 
right out in front of me to send you to. So I will wrap up this van diary entry. So let me know if there has been something similar that you, that, um, you know, you remember happening to you, but all I can tell you is no matter what the narcissist has thrown at us, I feel like we can still take it, catch it, pluck it out of us, examine it and throw away the, the bad. Don't identify with the bad that they implanted in, uh, in you and in us, but take it and use it for good. Use it to, as a compass to guide you. Do I want to be this way? Do I want to continue to be this way? Do I want to treat others this way? Is this maybe some programming from my childhood that I am in inadvertently doing without realizing because I have been trained to behave in this way? So I do that with parenting for sure. I examine everything I do and say, and I look at it through the glass of my childhood. I also don't want to raise like spoiled kids, but I want to raise kids that know that they are loved and cared for. So I do a lot of explaining. Like if I tell them no, I say, this is why I'm telling you no. I'm not telling you no. And it's always a safety reason or a welfare reason, like for their whole mental being. You know, obviously you don't let your kids sit and watch TV all day because you know that they need to get up and move their body. So I don't just go, get off the TV, it's stupid. I'll say, hey, I think you've watched enough of your show and now let's go play like kids. And they know that that means let's go play with their toys. Let's go uh, role play uh, a story. Let's go read a book. Let's go outside and play in the snow or in the mud, depending on what time of year it is. You know, let's go move. And then later on, we play video games in my family because I was a, I am um, the Gen X generation growing up with an Atari, went right, right into video games in my house. So um, I use that as a way to connect with my kids and to spend time with them, especially when it's been really cold. So we will play um, board games and we also play like little, um, there's a game called Stardew Valley that my daughter and I started playing together. So because it's like a little farming sim and we have little cabins and we farm and we um, make, we cut wood, little little characters together and we share a farm together and it's something we can bond over. So I'm a firm believer that everything there, the world is full of tools, not in the bad way, but we choose how to use them. So um, I take our lessons from our childhood and we get to choose how we use them. We get to choose how they will affect us going forward and we get to choose them if we can refurbish them peel off the, the the cruddy paint job that our parents gave us and spray paint it a nice, beautiful color that blends in with our life that we can carry forward. And so that we can still take some golden nuggets from a, a trash bin that may have felt like our childhood. So, all right. I hope you have a blessed day and I hope this episode of my Van Diary ramblings has helped you in some way because it helps me just to share as I try to, you know, figure out what the biscuits, right? That's what we, it's like a never, once you wake up from your narcissistic induced nightmare, it's a constant unwrapping of, wow, so many layers to peel through. So many layers. All right. Have a great day. Bye.